today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If you will thank God for anything, pray about everything, you'll worry about no thing, and here's what will happen. The peace of God, which transcends human understanding, will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You know what that's saying? Here's the promise. I can testify before you tonight from my own personal experience with the Lord that this is real. This is real. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches you the importance of gratitude. When you're stuck in fear and anxiety, gratitude helps to lift you out of that pit. Your eyes become less focused on the problem and more focused on the one who can solve all of life's problems. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Keep in mind that Solomon is fully given over to what we would refer to today as a backslidden state. Remember now, God is out of the picture. This is what you get. This doesn't make any sense. Well, no wonder, because you've taken the one, the only one that can make sense out of anything, and you've taken them out of the equation. So no wonder it's messed up. Actually, we're going to talk more about this here in a moment as we get to the end of the chapter. Verse 15, so I commended enjoyment. I mean, why not? I mean, this is how it is. I might as well just live it up. Because a man has nothing better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry, for this will remain with him in his labor all the days of his life, which God gives him under the sun. In other words, you might as well just drink, eat, be merry. That's just how it is. You might, might as well just enjoy it while you can, because it doesn't make any difference. I mean, what's the point? It's, it's meaningless. Well, of course it is, Solomon. You're living your life absent God, who is life. And as long as you're going to insist, even demand, that this life that you're trying to make sense out of, that is so unfair under the sun, no wonder. How about this, Solomon? And again, we're going to have to wait till chapter 12 to get there. How about instead of living life under the sun, how about you live life over the sun? You're trying to make sense out of something without God. So why are you so upset and disheartened by the injustice and the unfairness of life? And and shouldn't this be the conclusion? I mean, again, in all all fairness, it, it does make sense. You can't blame the guy who comes to this conclusion. Hey, you only go around once. You've heard that expression, right? No, you don't. (laughs) This isn't it. This isn't all there is. This is all there is. No, it's not. This is not all there is. No, but you only go around once. What? 
Well, of course, if you live like that, if that's how you see it under the sun, then yeah, go ahead. Eat, drink, forget your sorrows, your miseries. I mean, that's the only conclusion that you can come to. Verse 16, when I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, even though one sees no sleep day or night, then I saw all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. For though a man labors to discover it, yet he will not find it. Moreover, though a wise man attempts to know it, he will not be able to find it. (laughs) Stay with me on this and think through this with me as well. Okay, what's the point, Solomon says? I'm trying to understand but understanding escapes me. There's no way that I can really understand any of it. I applied my heart to know wisdom, but I come up empty-handed. I cannot find anything that makes any sense, and therefore I have no understanding of any of this. It makes absolutely no sense. And you know how we say, I just want peace of mind. So how can I have peace of mind? Oh, now I understand. Now I can have peace of mind. Well, it doesn't always work like that. Because see, what you're saying is, my peace of mind is predicated on my understanding of the situation. See, when I don't understand, I don't have peace of mind. When I do understand, I do have peace of mind. I want to share with you before we partake together of communion, something that the Lord ministered to me. I want to say recently, but it was actually over the last year, I would say, probably more than a year now. And it was basically this, kind of like what Solomon is saying here. So I'm I'm fretting, I'm worrying, I'm stressing, and I'm, I'm not understanding the situation. And my quest is for, I just want peace of mind. I just, I just want peace of mind. If, if you'll just, if I could just understand this and, and know this and, and see this, then I can have peace of mind. And the Lord just ministered to me, well, wait a minute what if I told you, you can have peace of mind without understanding? Instead of the peace that comes from understanding, what if you could have the peace that surpasses human understanding, that's not predicated or contingent upon understanding? And then, I mean, the Lord just got me. And the Lord knows me, And He knows us more than we know ourselves, right? And He knows what's in our heart. And the Lord ministered to my heart a life verse that has become for me over the years. I mean, truly a life verse. And it's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. You know it. Here's basically what Paul says. Don't worry about anything. Worry about no thing 
How? By thanking God for anything and praying for everything. If you pray about everything and thank God for anything that you can think of, you'll worry about no thing. Yeah, but Lord, this makes no sense. I don't understand. I can't, I can't make any sense out of this. That's why I'm so worked up over this. And then he says this, if you will thank God for anything, pray about everything, you'll worry about no thing. And here's what will happen. The peace of God, which transcends human understanding, will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You know what that's saying? Here's the promise. I can testify before you tonight from my own personal experience with the Lord that this is real. This is real. That peace that surpasses human understanding. Everything around you is chaotic. Everything around you is in turmoil. And nothing makes any sense and everything is just wrong, you can still have peace. Yeah, but I don't understand. (laughs) Wait a minute, don't lean on your own understanding anyway, if you even have the understanding. And isn't that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, another very well-known passage of Scripture? We sing it, we memorize it, we quote it. Don't lean on your own understanding. It's, it's very similar actually to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, because it's the three in one. Let's just call it that for purpose of discussion. So in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, three things you do, and God will do this one thing. He'll keep your heart and your mind in perfect peace. I think about Isaiah who says, he whose mind is stayed on thee will be kept in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on Him. He will keep Him in perfect peace. You can have this this supernatural peace. It's not a natural peace that comes from understanding what's going on and reconciling everything and fitting it all together. That's not a supernatural peace. Jesus said, I came to give you peace, not as the world gives. The peace that I have to give you, it it supersedes. It's a supernatural peace. It is not predicated upon anything. I give you that kind of peace. So it's, it's a conditional promise, actually. If you'll do these three things, meet these three conditions, this is the promise that I am making to you. Pray about everything, thank me for anything, and you'll worry about nothing, because the peace will keep your hearts and minds safely tucked and anchored in me. Immovable. Let's go to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know it well. Three things again. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Those are the three. And then what will He he do? He will straighten it out. He will make your path straight. What One translation renders it, He will direct your path. I don't think that really quite captures the intensity of it. It it carries with it this idea of He will make your path straight. It's all messed up. And God's saying, if you'll acknowledge me in all your ways and trust in me with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding, then I'll straighten it all out. But those three conditions have to be met first. And I'll straighten it out. 
I'll guide your paths. I'll direct your steps. I'll straighten out this mess that you've gotten yourself into. And don't we get ourselves into it? I mean, we, we, we make a, this is innate within us, is this, this uncanny ability to mess things up so bad. It's kind of like God's just going, man, I wish you would have come to me sooner. Look at the thing now. Look what you did. I know I totally messed it up. It's totally a mess. I can straighten it out, you know. You can? Yeah. Okay, well, then straighten it out. Well, you need to trust in me with all your heart. You're still trusting in your own heart. You're trusting in your own ability. And isn't it true that it's when we don't have understanding, let alone can't lean on any understanding, isn't it then that we do acknowledge Him, that we do trust in Him? Because think about it, if, if I understand the situation, I'm like, hey, I've got it, I got this, I got that. No, you don't. And so we're not acknowledging the Lord because no need. I understand. I, I, I see what's going on. I'll figure it out. I'll work it out. I'll straighten it out. Okay. And God's like, I, I'm not going to force myself on you. I'll just wait. You know, some people it takes longer. <laughs> And you know who you are. You don't have to raise your hands. I'll raise mine. I mean, we just, you know, in our flesh, in our own strength, in our own efforts, we're like, I can do this. And it's like the Lord saying, okay, well, I'm here. Uh, just when you're ready, when you bludgeoned yourself up against that wall for the 492nd time, maybe then you'll come to me and throw up your hands and say, Lord, I can't do this. To which I can just hear the Lord saying, well, it's about time. What took you so long? Oh, if you had, but come to me sooner. Acknowledge me sooner. Put all your trust in me sooner. I could have spared you this needless suffering and difficulty if you would have but come to me. One last thought. So you know how we talk about that there's nothing too hard for the Lord? The scriptures that say, is, is there anything too hard for the Lord? He's the God of the impossible, right? We know that. And we've doubtless experienced that in our own lives where God has just done the impossible. Have you ever thought about it like this, that there are some things that are impossible for God? <gasps> oh, that's blasphemy. Well, no, just hang on. Think about this. If it's still possible for us, it's hands off for God. Oh, hey, God, hey, I, it has to come to that point where it is impossible. And you throw your hands up and you say, God, this is impossible. I can't do this. And I just imagine God saying, well, I can. Oh, it's impossible. Did you say it's impossible? Yes. There's no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to you because it's impossible. See, here's our problem. If it's still possible for us, we're not going to give it to God because it's still possible for us. It's only when it's impossible for us that we go to the Lord and say, Lord, 
this is impossible. And I just, again, I picture the Lord, you'll forgive my, the way I think, this is just the way I think, but I just imagine my loving Heavenly Father, never with a disdain or a disgust. It's just, it's almost a, it's just such, such a loving compassion. It's kind of like, oh man, I've been waiting here all along. I just, on standby, I have for the asking. <laughs> you have not because you ask not. Everything you need, I have it right here. And I'm willing to give it to you. I will withhold nothing from you. If I'm unwilling to withhold my only begotten Son, who I gave to you, to die for you. Is there anything that I would withhold from you? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Think about it, as earthly parents, as fallen as we are. And we love to give to our children. How much more our Heavenly Father? He delights in it. And it's not that He can't, he can, but it's that he won't. Why? Because we didn't ask. You know, one of the things that sends shivers up and down my spine is the thought of how many things could have been mine had I but asked. I think the most tragic epitaph on anyone's memorial stone would be, he had not because he asked not. One last thing. So maybe this is for somebody here, maybe somebody online. So my wife and I could not have children. We were told by the physicians that we had unexplained infertility. And we tried and tried. We would get pregnant. We would lose the baby in the pregnancy through a miscarriage one time in an ectopic, which was kind of scary. And um, we have uh, four babies in heaven waiting for us, by the way. And uh, three here that we get to have until we go up there. Can't wait. So 10 years goes by. And during that time, I made a vow to God. And the vow was, God, if you will give me a son, I will serve you all the days of my life. I will sell my business, and wherever you send me, I will go. Here am I, send me. Fully aware of how God could have sent me to Zimbabwe. But no, he sent me to Oahu. Here are my Lord, send me. Now here's the thing, honestly, if God calls you to a place like that, he puts the desire on your heart, and he gives you that desire. First he puts the desire in your heart, then he gives you that desire. So I had come to the end of myself. That's the best place to be, and that's the best place to come. And I came to the end of myself, and we tried adopting this baby girl. And the birth mother had 
changed her mind, bonded with the girl, wanted to take her home before placing her with us in an open adoption, and we released her from the open adoption. She kept the baby. And I went to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I have no parents. Both of my parents had died nine months apart, by the way, 1994-1995. And I am not a parent, and I want a son, a biological son. And God spoke to me. It wasn't audible, didn't need to be, but it was so clear. He said, like with Abraham and Sarah, I'm going to give you a son one year from the day that this, uh, this baby girl was born. She was born on June 1st, 1997. One year from that day, on June 2nd, 1998, our son, who is now 22, was born. Exactly as God had said. Here's what's really interesting. When my mom died, it was, actually my dad died August the 14th, 1994. My mom died nine months later on May the 22nd of 1995. When my mom was dying, she died in my arms. And I cried out to the Lord, and that's when I made the vow, God, if if you take my mom, it was kind of like, what's this? Let's make a deal. You take my mom, I get a son. <laughs> it's one of those prayers where afterwards you're like, Lord, I'm so sorry. It was in the heat of the emotion. And, and, um, but it was, Lord, if you'll give me a son. Because in the Middle Eastern culture, the son is everything. You know, they carry on the family name. The daughter is not, sadly. But um, so I, I just made that vow to God that I would sell my business if he would give me a son. Well, our son was conceived on August the 14th, and his due date was May the 22nd, but he was post-due, and as such, born on June 2nd, exactly one year to the day. And then I sold my business, and I started my first church in 1999. Boy, it's a long time ago now. Hey, I've been in the pastorate for, oh, can somebody help me out? That's 21 years, right? Yeah, 2019 was 20. Wow. Well, I'm not old. I was five when I started the first church. So, okay, why do I share that? Maybe to be an encouragement. Because I had to come to that place where I just said, Lord, this is impossible. This is impossible. And God said, oh, interesting that it's impossible because I'm the God of the impossible. And it was like God was saying, watch me now. Watch me now. Are you done trying? Yeah, we've tried for 10 years. Okay, can I, can I do this now? Okay, why not? Watch me now. And he did. And he did. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. One of the biggest lessons we learn from Ecclesiastes is this. You can have everything the world has to offer. The money, the most desirable job, the perfect family... But at the end of the day, none of those things truly matter. The only lasting thing that matters is who you put your hope in. All the riches in the world will never bring you the happiness you seek. Only Jesus can give you that. So seek Him. Maybe today you're hearing about Jesus for the first time. If that's the case, we have a resource we'd like to point you to. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on the ABCs of salvation. 
This will give you the basics of what it means to be a Christian and why it's so important to give your life to Jesus. If you have any questions, please connect with us by clicking on Contact under About. Or come visit us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. All the information you need is at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings from many books of the Bible at our website, too. Or download our mobile app to listen wherever you are, whenever you want. We'd also like to invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mid-East Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible. You'll find these updates on our mobile app as well as on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth.